What's up, gamers, and welcome to Lost at Sea Gaming. I am Hulking Yoda, the captain of this ship, the SS Gamer. And in this episode, you'll need a black suit, red tie, and a pair of silver ballers as I give you my review of Hitman 3. It was always going to end like this. All your hard work, all your sacrifice, only sped up the process. Before we get into the details of the story of Hitman 3, let's take a moment to look at some fun facts that you may not have known about the game or its developer in The Breakdown. Gamers, there's a lot of iconic imagery when we think of the Hitman franchise and Agent 47 specifically. You have his bald head, the barcode on the back of that head, his red tie, his classic silver ballers, the fiber wire... There's so many different iconic images that we can relate to this franchise. But I would also say that another iconic piece to it and to the character of 47 would be his voice. And that voice comes from none other than David Bateson. Now, many people probably don't know this, but not only is David the voice of Agent 47, but he was also the visual inspiration for the character model of Agent 47 in that original game, codename Agent 47. So not only does David Bateson lay claim to the voice of 47, but is also his likeness. Now, I personally can't imagine 47 looking or sounding any other way after all these years, but believe it or not, that was almost the case. During the production of Hitman Absolution, Bateson had actually posted a, on his website that he had been unceremoniously replaced as the voice of 47. And as most of us know, the internet is a cruel, cruel place. And almost immediately, uh, due to a, a fan backlash, uh, they reinstated Bateson as the one and only voice of Agent 47. Now let's go see what this story is all about in Hitman 3. Gamers, Hitman 3 is the final installment in the World of Assassination trilogy that started with Hitman in 2016. Now, this trilogy, we've been introduced to a brand new character in the name of Lucas Gray in that first game from 2016. And we find out throughout the course of time that he is a childhood friend of 47's who's actually been leading his private militia against this group that's known as Providence. Now, we find out that Providence is actually one of those in-the-shadows organizations that's been secretly controlling the world with different influences that it's had on major political and economical decisions by either murder, blackmail, cyber hacking, you know, the usual suspects. So by the beginning of this game, so as not to give away too many spoilers from the last two games if you have not yet played them, Lucas Gray and 47 have essentially partnered together at this point, and they're trying to take down Providence. 
Now, of course, they have the help of 47's always appreciated handler, Diana Burnwood, who works for the ICA, which is the International Contract Agency. This is the agency that created 47, that Diana gets the contracts to give the 47 through. So the ICA has been around since the beginning of the franchise, and they are still at work here in this game. Now, throughout the course of this game's story, which takes place over six missions and six locations throughout the world, we get to see the results of this team's attempt on Providence. Now, I'm going to leave it at that as, honestly, guys, there's just so much that I could spoil here, and not just for this game, but, as I said, the entire trilogy, if you have not played those previous two games yet. But here's my thoughts on how I felt that the story in this game played out. So I thought it was a great cap-off to the World of Assassination trilogy. Uh, the game is, in my opinion, the absolute unequivocal best uh, in this series of games as far as the story is concerned. Uh, it has the most cohesive story and gives you kind of the most understanding of what's going on mission to mission, I felt. Uh, I did think that we got some great character development in this title and the story between 47 and Diana. Uh going to kind of leave it at that. I want you guys to experience this for yourselves as the story plays out. Now, the overall story that's there behind the organization of Providence and the ICA, and we also find out there's this leader known as the Constant that's at play here as well. Again, these were all much better explained uh, in this game than they ever have been. So I kind of actually got some clarity as to what was going on here. And I thought it was a lot of cool callbacks also to the previous games in the series, as well as a lot of missions that were, say you complete mission two and three and you're at mission six, there's some callbacks to different characters or events that you help ensure happen that are brought up later in the game. Overall, I thought it was really good. There are also a lot of uh, little mini stories throughout each mission that you'll come across that are relevant and specific to the map location uh, that you are in and the characters that are within that world and that map. But they're also really cool. They're just kind of interesting and it's kind of fun to see them play out around you and every character that's an NPC that's kind of on its own time schedule. That was always a lot of fun to see their stories kind of play out a little bit. Now, the overall story here, it's not going to win any Oscars and it can still be somewhat confusing in different parts if you're not really paying attention. But overall, I did feel that it was the best individual Hitman story that we've gotten since absolution. So now let's check in and see what I thought of the graphics and sound. Gamers, to give perspective, I am playing this game on an Xbox Series X. And for that being the case, let me just say the game is absolutely gorgeous. It is one of the most beautiful and detailed games that I have ever played. And I'm just going to kind of start with breaking each thing down visually as I see it. So first, we're going to start with environmentally, the visuals. Now, I'm going to go with lighting first. And when I say lighting, I mean whether it's natural lighting from the sun or the moon outside or even the artificial neon signs that are illuminating the streets of China and the rain. Uh, candlelight that's flickering in the old mansion that you're exploring in the one mission. The effects that the lighting has on the environment, they're just beautiful. Uh, it's absolutely expertly done, in my opinion. And they are, in fact, a character in themselves. The environments, that is. They're just brimming with this level of detail that I have not seen, that is not seen, really, in most games, in my opinion. 
Uh, I feel like most games are kind of content to, you know, detail the basics of a room. But I feel like IO Interactive really, really puts in the extra work here and goes the extra mile. My shining example here would have to be that manor that I was talking about earlier in Dartmoor. It's actually the second mission in the game, and it is absolutely stunning the amount of detail that IO has put into that environment. You go into a dining room. There's a table with food and silverware, plates, candles, the design of the chairs. You go to a library that's filled with books, and each individual book looks like it's rendered, and just... You go secret passages that you come across. There's cobwebs. And even when you open these doorways to the secret passages, there's like a puff of dust that comes up when you open the passage because it's been decades since the last time this thing was opened. Just little details, subtleties like that. Absolutely amazing. And every mission had those subtle details and were extremely enjoyable to lose myself in and just kind of absorb into the the world of what 47 was experiencing. It was just absolutely fantastic. So the second kind of grouping of visuals here, I would say, would be the character models. So the character models, I do think that they are some of the most detailed that I've ever seen. I think they're great. They look excellent. But that is kind of in their wardrobe. When it gets to the faces, I say that sometimes they're not necessarily the most detailed ever. Uh, you know, I've said in some reviews in the past and some games where you can actually see the pores in people's skin because the details are there and the scruff of different uh, facial hair and whatnot. Well, that's not necessarily the case here. And I did feel that some of the character models, if you got a little close to them and cutscenes, they almost have what I call that plastic doll look to them. And they're a little, little shiny. But again, their outfits with whether it's their design or the color or the texture, the realistic movement and fluidity of their, say, a jacket to a suit, or especially, most glaringly, Agent 47's iconic red tie. As you're running around or even walking around, just the subtle movement of that tie is so perfectly and effortlessly done. It just looks great. Uh, overall, the character models do look great, and the lip syncing is excellent with the voice acting. So speaking of voice acting, we'll kind of jump into sound here real quick. And I felt that the voice acting was top notch. I mean, it was absolutely expertly done, especially the main characters. Some of the NPCs and some of the characters in the environments, uh, you could tell they weren't on the same level as the main characters, but they weren't bad at all either. They were just kind of like a step down. So nothing bad at all, but... Uh, the music was amazing. I loved the orchestral score. And it really, it didn't matter at what kind of point you were in within a mission, whether it was just kind of exploring and you had this kind of low melody in the background, kind of periodically dipping in and out as you explored, or if you were caught and you were trying to run away and escape, obviously it would crank up the intensity a little bit. But the best to me, the, the most impactful music to me, has to be when you've completed all your objectives, taken out all your targets, and you have to find the exit and get to the exit. That music is expertly crafted and executed. And I tell you, every mission, every time, every Hitman game, I am extremely nervous trying to make it to that exit without being seen. And the closer you get to the exit, they intentionally ramp up the intensity of that musical score. And I think it's great. And I love it. So the music is just awesome. Uh, basic sound effects in the world, you know, the ambiance of the environments that you're around expertly done again as well. I thought the item interaction and weapons 
all those different sounds they were done really well and, and they pop nicely when needed so say if you throw a wrench at somebody to knock them in the face and knock them out you feel it uh you hear it <laughs> so all the sound graphics outside of a few things here or there overall extremely well done let's go see how the game controls now if you've been playing Hitman since the start of the World of Assassination trilogy, then you're going to know what to expect here when it comes to the controls of the game. 47, he controls extremely well. You have the dual analog control scheme from third-person perspective, and you're always going to feel like you have the ultimate control over him. I felt that it was extremely tight and just perfectly executed. On Xbox, you're going to use B to stick to cover. You're going to click in the analog stick to crouch on any console, LB to run on the Xbox. Every button and input placement is, is perfect, in my opinion. There's really no issue I have with the way the control scheme is set up at its default. Now, character movement is great. Uh, if you've listened to my reviews in the past, I am very, very big on speed of movement of the character and being just right. And I feel like it's perfectly done here. Uh, whether he's walking or running, I think Age of 47 has a great movement speed. I never felt like I was, oh, come on, man, move a little bit faster. Or, uh, yeah, there's a huge discrepancy here between just basic movement speed and your, your sprinting or jogging speed. So perfectly executed and, and uh, weighed out there. Uh, vaulting over crates and obstacles is really no problem. You just kind of come up to the object and press the icon to interact with it. But I will say the issue that I have here is when you're trying to scale walls or transfer from one ledge to another or even to a pipe from a ledge. Uh, it's a little dicey in the control scheme, in my opinion, in my experience, uh, when trying to do these things. Sometimes I would sit there and you'd have to get the exact perfect camera angle or placement uh, for the icon to pop up for you to interact with and then scale, uh, say, to climb up a roof ledge or if you were trying to jump over to a ledge or jump over to a pipe, everything had to be just perfect. And sometimes there may be a timing issue where you don't have a whole lot of time to mess around or, or find that exact right perfect spot. And it's, I, I think, a little unnecessary. I think it should have been a little less precise, uh, just a little bit more, um, and we would have been okay. Now, I will say the interaction with the environment, such as accessing doors and pickups, that's mostly done well. Didn't really have any issues there. Uh, weapons, such as firearms, control nicely and realistically. You have a pretty decent, respectable reticule sway going on, and uh, it's pretty realistic the way they handle that. So I didn't really have any issues with weapon controls, uh, combat, melee, or otherwise. It's your typical, if you played Hitman in the past, you know that if you try to initiate melee combat, it goes into kind of a slow-mo... Uh, QTE or quick timer event where you have to press the right button at the right time to execute the one-two punch. And uh, it's, it's it's all pretty basic, uh, but at the same time, uh, maybe I would say a little refinement uh, going forward in the series. Now, really, the only time that I had some sticky situations with interacting with objects in the environment, uh, going back to that real quick, was also, say, if you're trying to grab multiple objects uh, or even one object from a pile of multiple objects that are dropped from an enemy that you incapacitate on the ground. And sometimes you could be picking up the wrong item or it happened to me before in past Hitman games, I've accidentally snapped somebody's neck and I'm not trying to snap anybody who's not the target's neck. Uh, so I feel like that could be a little bit reworked. I feel like they've done a better job of it as games have progressed. Um, you know, you do have different button designations for snapping a neck as opposed to getting a disguise or picking up an item. 
Um, so that does help. So uh, very, very few instances there where that would happen. Really the biggest sticking point for me though with the controls would have to be menu navigation. And specifically, I am referring to when trying to navigate the mission stories that have been unlocked. And then once you unlock those mission stories, a lot of times in these missions, they're going to have intel that you discover as you explore the maps. And as you discover the intel, it's going to be placed under its respective story inside the inventory system. And when you go in there, the problem that I have is, is say that you have three stories that are ongoing and unlocked and you have multiple pieces of intel that are attached to each one. You're going to have to then flick through with the analog stick every single piece of intel from story one and story two to get to what you wanted to see in story three. Uh, so that, to me, I thought was a little frustrating and unnecessary. Uh, I feel like you should have... It should have been better segmented, where, say, each batch of intel was under its respective story in a single tab, as opposed to being individually separated to where you have to go through every single one just to get through that one story's worth of intel but overall i really don't think that you could ask for much better controls and this style of game and they really did a good job overall i think so let's go see what the gameplay is that you can expect from hitman 3. gamers anybody listening to this review i'm sure is fully aware that hitman 3 is a third-person stealth action game. Now, you're going to go into this game and you're going to have a ton of content here to choose from. You have a campaign, which is your story. You have escalation missions. And you also have contracts mode. And I will go into each one just briefly to kind of give you an idea of what to expect of each one. Now, as far as the campaign, usually in the world of Assassination Trilogy and most Hitman games... They're split into five or six missions, and they each have their own objectives and target or targets that you have to take out in each map. And each map is an isolated map to that mission where you explore and you're going to come across story opportunities that unfold before you. And at that point, you can then choose to reach your objective or targets by following that story, or you can just completely disregard it and try to carve out your own path. And that's one of the beauties of the Hitman franchise is the freedom of choice. You're going to come across many characters that are specific to that environment and things like businesses and residents to the environment that once you incapacitate these characters, you can actually take their clothes and use them as disguises. Those disguises are typically going to help you get into areas that you previously could not access. Now, there's all kinds of methods to take down your targets and reach your objectives. Do you simply snap their neck? Do you poison their food or drink and force them to the bathroom where you can drown them in the toilet? Or do you go for the simple method of just shooting them? Now, these are some of the options. And there's just so many more to take down your targets and take down guards and other characters that may be in your way of getting to those main targets. Now, the best part of every Hitman game, in my opinion, is what I'll call cinematic kills for the main targets that IO has scripted into the game. And this game has no shortage of awesome, unique, cinematic ways to take out your targets. Now, typically, these cinematic kills, they take a little bit more work than your basic kills, like snapping a neck or using fiber wire or shooting somebody, but they are worth it, in my opinion. And of course, the ultimate goal in any of these missions is to get into an area, collect the intel that you need to help you figure out how to get to your target, use items and disguises and people in the environment, learn from the intel that are going to help you get there, and then you figure out the best way to execute that final blow. 
Now, for me, I always approach every mission with the intention of going for the silent assassin rating, meaning that you take out your target or targets and completed all objectives, went completely unseen, and exited the mission without causing anybody to raise an eyebrow. And that's always a good feeling in every Hitman game and any mission that you get that on. It just feels really good. Now, the thing is, each mission has a ton of different challenges for you to complete, which kind of distract you from possibly doing that if you really want to see what some of these challenges play out to be. Uh, some of them can be pretty basic, uh, just kind of different ways to kill your targets. Some are using specific disguises. Uh, and others, you can find hidden areas, complete mission stories, they all add to your overall mission rating and career level. And speaking of mission ranking, the World of Assassination Trilogy, it started keeping a ton of stats and rankings on global and friend leaderboards back with Hitman 2016. And they now have a career tab, which I absolutely love. I thought that was awesome. That is in the game's main menu where you can actually look back at your stats for all three of these games and just kind of revel in your accomplishments over those last three games in these past five years, which I personally, for me, a stat buff, I think is really, really cool and enjoy doing that. So if you want, make sure at the beginning of Hitman 3 to import all of your progress and career stats into the game so that they carry over into Hitman 3. Now, another cool thing about this is I always set up the game to where from the main menu, you can also access all three games from just this one main menu. So say if you traded in a physical copy of Hitman 1 and or 2 back in the day and you no longer have it, well, guess what? If all that save data and everything is right there available for the servers, for the IO servers, boom, they'll pull that information from you and they will allow you to access all three games and all the bonus content from all these games right there from one menu screen, which I thought was just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Now we move into escalation mode. And just to kind of give you an idea of what this is, this is basically a mode where it consists of five different rounds and each round is stackable objectives. So you start out round one, you have one objective, you go through a map, you complete the objective. Then round two, you have another objective and so on and so forth as you progress throughout. And it, they're pretty fun, to be honest with you. Uh, I dabbled with them in Hitman 2016 and enjoyed them quite a bit but not as much as what I'll say is the better of the two, which is contracts mode. Now, contracts mode is a lot of fun because you actually have the ability to create your own contract. And then you can publish it on the web and allow any of your friends or anybody in the world really to take on the challenge of, hey, see if you can do this the same way I did. Or, uh, hey, here's a challenge for you. So what you do in contracts mode is you choose a mission map, you designate up to three different NPCs as targets, and then you play the mission how you want. Taking out targets the way you want, using disguises that you want or don't want to, suit only, however you want to approach the mission. And then at the end, you save the completed mission, and that's when you upload it for everybody else to try to tackle it. So I think it's a lot of fun. You can earn money from completing these contracts and spend it on new suits and gadgets and weapons. And ultimately, I, I had a lot of fun doing contracts mode. And I think that it's... Uh, a, a nice addendum or add-on to the campaign experience uh, that is the normal Hitman games. So ultimately, in my opinion, gameplay-wise, this is the most refined Hitman released yet. Now let's go check in with the ship's chronometer and find out how much time it took me to play through the game, as well as how much time you may expect to spend in the world of Hitman 3.
Gamers, when looking at the breakdown of time and how long it took me to get from the opening credits to the ending credits in Hitman 3, it took me right at about 16 hours. I would say roughly averaging three hours or so per mission, of which there are six in this game. Now, I would say that if you're focused purely on the story, you could probably finish this game in about 10 to 12 hours. Uh, if you do some story with maybe a little bit of exploration and some of the challenges as you're playing through, I would probably say 12 to 15 hours. But if you're a completionist and you're going for all missions completed with level mastery 20 of every mission, you're probably going to spend anywhere from 80 to 100 hours in this game. And I can attest to that 100 hour piece because that is what I spent over 100 hours in Hitman 2016, roughly 20 hours per mission. So if you're willing to put in the time, there's a lot of content here and a lot to keep you busy for a very long time. But if you just want to enjoy the story and maybe a few fun things along the way, there's still a decent amount of time here to enjoy what Hitman 3 has to offer as far as its campaign is concerned. Now let's go see what my final thoughts are. Now that the credits have rolled and I look back on my time with Hitman 3, I can say that I absolutely loved my time with the game. It had a very interesting story and the overall story arc, and I really did feel that every mission location had great many stories within it. And the targets, the purpose behind them, the things that you had to do to get to them, the different stories, ah, it was just absolutely excellent. And it just added to the overall experience for me. Not once was I ever bored or overly frustrated with this game. And most missions really had me wanting to immediately replay them to see what the other stories were like and to go for that level mastery. Now, out of all the Hitman games that I've played, I do think it has one of the better stories, some of the best missions, and it's probably the most polished and finely tuned entry in this long lasting series. The only negatives I had with the game were some of those minor control issues I mentioned when scaling walls and transferring to ledges and pipes, and sometimes that plastic daw shine that came through on the character model faces, and of course, the menu navigation. Other than these minor gripes, the game is excellent, and it is a must-play if you're a fan of the series, especially new or old. And even if you never played any of the Hitman games, I would still say try the game out. I mean, it's excellent. And if it's a way for you to get into the series, then I would highly, highly recommend it. Uh, with all this being said, though, my final score for Hitman 3 is a 9.5 out of 10. That'll do it for my review of Hitman 3. I hope you've enjoyed your time aboard the SS Gamer. You can join its crew and let me know what your thoughts were on Hitman 3 by searching for Hulking Yoda on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network via email at lostatseagaming365 at gmail.com as well as find me on social media on Instagram at lostatseagaming and on Twitter at lostatseagamin, the number one. Thank you for listening, and until the sea says otherwise, we'll keep sailing.